you know how they say, just put one foot in front of the other, right? right? Well, literally I was telling myself, okay, open the car door, put one foot down on the... <laughs> <laughs> okay, now get your other foot out. Okay, now what? See, it was that bad. I was thinking, how am I ever going to keep up with all of this? Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast from Azuma that shares motivational stories from small business owners. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're your hosts for this episode. Today, we're talking with Cindy, the founder of Trisensory Software LLC, a software providing quality web games for those with dyslexia. Cindy, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So Cindy, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what led you to developing this company. Reading and spelling and school in general was very difficult for me. My older siblings didn't seem to need to study as hard to get the grades, but I did. Things were just not clicking. I don't know why. I worked really hard and, you know, I would hear things and I know it was to help give me some encouragement, but I would hear things like, well, if we were to grade based on effort, Cindy's C's would be the same as her brother's A's, <laughs> you know, things like that. So I guess with that, it's not all bad because I think what I've learned through all of that is just how to work hard. And it was important to me to be able to keep up with my siblings and to be able to do the things that they did. But yeah, I was always put in like special reading groups. Math was also interestingly difficult. I could memorize anything, words or a formula or whatever. I could memorize it, but I didn't understand the concept behind it. So as soon as the memorization was done and the test was taken, out it went. I also had very bad dysgraphia. Dysgraphia is the struggle of writing on paper, basically. Just really, really messy handwriting. It was very, very difficult to read. And so I think this is the thing that sometimes people forget. If something doesn't come easy, doesn't mean it can't be done. You just have to stick with it. You just never give up. And I think that really taught me a lot when I was younger. Believe me, I struggled. And I struggled with the confidence, thinking everyone was smarter than me. (laughs) Why does this come so easily to others? Why is this so hard for me? And even in high school, same thing. And But then we got involved with sports and I loved sports, did great, loved basketball, tennis was, those two were my favorite and did all the studying through high school, tried to keep up, was getting decent grades by that time, A's and B's. And then junior year came along and it was time to take the SATs. (laughs) And I completely bombed the SATs. In fact, I'm really surprised that I'm at this point in my life where I'm actually talking about it and now publicly because I thought this was going to be a secret that I kept between myself and my school counselor forever. (laughs) I was so embarrassed and I thought, how can this be? How can it be that I'm getting such good grades, but I cannot pass this test? By the time I became a senior, I was so burned out on school. And even with basketball, I love basketball. My coach even was able to get a scholarship for me to go to De Anza. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I know, to play basketball. But see, 
At that time, we were also the shortest team in the whole league in CCS. <laughs> okay. I was the center, and I'm 5'7". Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the girls I would jump against. You know, I'd be there in the center court and looking up and seeing the bottom of their chins, yeah. you know? <laughs> but we would, just, we would just run the other teams to death. So that was another thing. And this is where I think when you're going through school, it's really good to have mentors. It's really good to have those people in your life that you can just feel like safe talking to about your fears because that was a fear of mine. Okay, I have this scholarship. (laughs) I made the all-star team as a senior and even got like first team all league and all this other stuff, but I didn't have the confidence to go play at De Anza. And I really wish looking back that I had talked with someone about that. And got over that fear because I think those are skills that you can pick up. So anyway, by the time I graduated, I just was so burned out. I walked away from it all. I said, nope, not going to college. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to earn money. And so I found a really good job actually in Silicon Valley in the early days, in the early 80s, when everything was just starting to just explode. It was amazing. And it was so exciting being involved. I work at Amdahl. I think they're owned now by Fujitsu. But I even had a little stint working as a contractor for Apple. It was just so great. And they were paying us so well. It was wonderful. But then eventually, after about five years, I wanted to continue growing, but I couldn't. All the job boards, every single job, didn't matter if it was entry level or not, needed at least an AA degree. Mm -hmm. Most of them were a four-year degree. So I thought, okay, now what? I'm not going to stay doing this forever. <laughs> you know? And all the, I don't know, the commuting and all of that, you start to weigh that. So I said, okay, guess I need to go back to college. So, <laughs> <laughs> so at 23, I think it was 23, 24, I quit and wow. went back to college, went to De Anza actually, and just kind of decided this is the path I need to take. And then my boyfriend at the time and I, we also worked restaurants together. And then he wanted to start a restaurant. So ultimately, we moved up to the Sacramento area so that he could start his restaurant. I stopped going to school there, but then took some classes up in Sacramento area, worked at a different company, JNW Scientific, which was a wonderful company to work for, and just really enjoyed that. And then ultimately, you know, you get married, start having kids. And I'm just the type, if I have two major things going on at once, it's hard for me. So I decided to put college on hold, finishing that. When the kids got older, especially when my daughter graduated college, she and I were having a conversation and it was, what do you fear the most? I was thinking it was either public speaking or death. That's right. <laughs> He was like, no, mom, I fear apathy. I said, apathy, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I fear getting too much in a routine and just feeling apathy. And she says, if that happens, I do something on purpose to get out of my comfort zone and to feel uncomfortable for a while. Because if I'm feeling that, I know I'm growing as a human being. It was an epiphany. And here we're supposed to be teaching our kids. (laughs) (laughs) And it changed everything for me. 
And then there was an opportunity at the schools to help kids learn how to read. And I thought, well, reading was kind of tough for me. And you had to be um, screened to make sure you could do this. I thought, oh, my dad had passed away like six months before. And I remember the day taking that screening, I thought, I really, for some reason, need to pass this. I don't know why, but I need to. So I said, okay, dad, help me out here. Well, I passed. It was really good. It was kind of basic, but it was more about sounds. It was really interesting. And so I became a tutor, uh, volunteering for the schools, using the Barton program. And these kids that they had tried all these other programs with, they were starting to read. Really? Wow. That is cool. It was so, so neat to be a part of that. And then ultimately, I went out on my own. And then I thought, you know what? I can do this. I'm doing this part-time. And at this point, I'm in my early 50s and I'm scared to death to go back to college. (laughs) But I thought, you know what? I'm going to finish. And I did it. I was scared to death. Let me tell you. You know that? You know how they say just put one foot in front of the other, right? right? Well, literally, I was telling myself, okay, open the car door, put one foot down on the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay now get your other foot out okay now one see it was that bad i was thinking how am i ever going to keep up with all of this but then i finished i ended up taking these amazing classes and it was just fantastic you just got to go through those struggles those things that we fear by doing that i felt more confident in growing my business my tutoring business that just kind of kept busy on its own by referrals. And then ultimately, when I learned the remote platform, the one thing I did realize, there aren't enough web games for this platform. So I asked everyone I knew for a year, said, hey, do you know how to code games? I have these ideas in my head. (laughs) I need to put these down. Do you know anyone? It took a year. Found someone through one of um, my clients, Bob Hersberg in the Bay Area back in the day. And He's very well known as one of the top coders, and he used to code games for fun when he was a teenager. So, and he accepted my little project. So I asked him when we finally met, I said, so why, why me? I don't understand. And he goes, I'll tell you why. He goes, this. And he gave me the three-page rough draft of the game that I provided my friend to give to him to see if he would take on the job. And it was, let me tell you, it was rough. It just had an outline. It had the cut and paste, you know, pictures and access through what I didn't want and all that. He says, it tells me you are willing to do the work. So see, we don't have to have everything perfect when we want to start into something. We don't have to wait for all the lights to turn green. Just that one light. Take those steps. Learn as you go. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable for a while. Do I still fall flat on my face? Yes. Are there still days where I'm thinking, what am I doing with my life? Yes. (laughs) That's normal as a human being. But there's some passion driving us as entrepreneurs when we find what we love to do. And I love working with my students. And someone even told me that if I do this software company, I can't do that in my students. And I thought, just watch me. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> because there's no, awesome. way, no way I'm letting go of my students. I love them. They're like family. And they're the ones that inspire the games, actually. 
So right, right. yeah, it's a win-win, but you know, you have to learn everything there is to know about starting companies and LLC and getting the registered trademark and all of that. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And I'm yeah, not I was numbers, gonna, yeah. I, I was going to ask you that. Um, it's always fun to like have the idea to put the idea in motion. And then all of a sudden it becomes a business. Sometimes that element of your idea or the fun concept that you have becomes a slog mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, I, I just want to provide the game. I don't want to do all this other stuff. How do you balance and how do you get through that element of owning the business as well? It's just trying to find the resources to do the things that you need to do. And I think that's with a lot of companies. You just have to just tackle each problem as it comes up. Time, I think, is the most valuable commodity. And if we can find ways to streamline processes and things like that, that's very helpful. But it took three years to develop the company. We launched last January. We have subscribers. It's very exciting. (laughs) We're continuing to upgrade the process of signing up, making it more user-friendly, more visual. These are things you learn as you go. You know you have an idea of what you want. But sometimes you have to kind of go along this road that's not necessarily straight in order to get there. But I'm finding that the key really to it all is just tenacity. You just got to hang in there and surround yourself with people that are like similar minded for support. Like I have a LinkedIn group that I love and it's about entrepreneurship. It's about dyslexia, inspirational quotes, And if ever I'm really down, I will just open up my LinkedIn and read some posts and that's it. That's all I need. And then I'm ready to move forward. That and a good night's sleep really help. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) That is taking care of your mental health. Well, I love your story and I love what you're emphasizing for me is that there's this thought out there that you have to have some special skill, some genius, some advantage to allow you to succeed and to really accomplish great things when really it doesn't come down to those things at all. It comes down to your willingness just to put in the effort and to not give up. And I love that because it's so empowering for all of us entrepreneurs, right? Uh We don't have to see these limitations as barriers that can stop us. They're just barriers we need to get through. Your story is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. And my students are a perfect example of that. They have dyslexia and they fail all the time, but they are workers. These kids are amazing. They're so smart because it's not tied to intelligence at all. It's just a different processing of the brain. And yeah. they are so smart and athletically gifted. And oh my goodness. And they make me laugh. Oh, they're so funny. And they don't let me get away with much. And what's fun about the games that we've developed, okay, I have a hard time beating them. And I'm competitive. (laughs) I'm thinking, why didn't I have Bob put in a cheat or something that only I know? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I wouldn't do that. But it's just, they're fun. And the other day I was playing uh, one of the card games with a student and it came right down to the wire. Who was going to get the most cards? And I actually won and it's so rare and it surprised this student so much. He fell off of his chair and, so, <laughs> and we laughed a lot. And then of course the next day, yeah, he creamed me. So he wasn't going to let yeah. that happen again. 
yeah, they're, they're having fun while they're learning. And that's what's really important because learning is hard. And so if we can give them a little bit of extra fun with that support that they need to have, they're going to go places. We're getting on your website and reviewing what it's all about. It says, uh, I believe the address is borp.io. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about what the website is. Okay. Well, the website is basically a platform to provide web games for tutors and their students. Um, it's basically designed for one-on-one play. Some of them are multiplayer games, but it's only multiplayer with two players is how they're designed. BORP, the name, B-O-R-P, is just an acronym of the file name that Bob gave the very first game, Balloons or Pigs, B-O-R-P, Balloons or Pigs. And when I saw that, I just thought, I love that name. (laughs) I don't know what it was about it, but I said, we're doing something with this BORP. And what a funky name. And then I was talking with my son who lives in Boston, and he says, you know, Mom, the .ios are becoming very popular over here. And, you know, you may want to look into that. And I go, oh, B-O-R-P dot I-O, easy, right? And then Borpio, well, that's even funkier. So that's even better. <laughs> so, so that's how that, and I, as soon as I hung up the phone, see, I always get a sense of urgency to do something right away. I don't put it on the back burner. If I put it on the back burner, sometimes it doesn't get done, right? So I get the sense of urgency sometimes, and I just act on it. And when online... The Borp.io was available and, you know, I was able to get it for $60 a year. I couldn't believe it (laughs) because the .ios are expensive. Um, But yeah, that's how it came about. And then we have games. So we have games for sight words to help our students with all the sight words. Those are like a card game. It's a multiplayer game. So the tutor logs in. The kids don't log in. They don't actually have accounts. Uh, We did that just for security purposes. So the tutors have the accounts. And then what the student does is they just go to the main page. They just log into borp.io, but they don't log into the site. They're just there at the main page. And at the very top, it says join a game. So they just click on that. And then the tutor goes into the site and launches the game, gets a game key, and gives that game key to the student to enter into the field that they see on their screen. Once they do that, they get a little animation and then they're connected, securely connected, so they can play real time against each other. It's like playing cards like with the person sitting right across from you. It's really cool the way Bob was able to get that idea to actually work because even though it looks pretty basic, no. That game, <laughs> that game probably cost about $15,000. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. It's not cheap to make web games. In fact, I'm glad I didn't read some of the books about making web games because one yeah, yeah, you would never gone that route. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it, but it is so worth it to me because when all is said and done, someone asked me this question. Okay, say if it doesn't make a ton of money and supporting and blah, 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 blah. And I says, well, as long as it makes enough that I could keep, you know, maybe introducing a game here and there and then making sure that I can pay my web guy so that he makes sure that the site is very secure all the time. I'll be happy because I'll have the games for my students. But I'd really like to hopefully find a way to share these because my students love them. And it's just a matter of trying them, I think, mostly. 
And once they try them, they ask for them. Well, you've mentioned a few things as you shared your story and as as we've talked, but I'm wondering, is there any top tier advice that you would give anyone who is looking at starting a small business or looking to branch out on an idea that they have? The main thing is don't go in it for the money. I don't know why, but for me, I don't do this for the money. And it's a good thing too, (laughs) because in the field of education, you know, it's hard. Um, Do it for the passion. Figure out something you really love to do, something that gets you out of bed in the morning, where you get time blindness, right? Where you're sitting there working on something, you think it's 20 minutes and you look up at the clock and it's been two hours. Yeah. And if you have something like that, that you really enjoy doing, that's where entrepreneurship is a calling and you have to you know, be okay with just overcoming challenges constantly. But, you know, the more you do it, the more you just kind of bounce back a little quicker. Very true. I love that advice. It helped me because you go through life and you're just trying this, trying that, and things kind of fade after a while. But this, I've been doing this for over 10 years, and there's no way I'm going to stop. I'm never retiring. Maybe (laughs) I'll retire part-time, but I just love working with the kids so much, especially now that mine are grown and out of college and out, you know, in the world, <laughs> they fill that part, that void from that empty nesting thing that really, really keeps me driven. And, you know, it's good to see others succeed. I get a lot of pleasure from that. Well, that's good. You can feel that and hear that passion behind what you do. As you mentioned before, like sometimes the dollars don't always flow mm-hmm. or follow, the way, especially the way that you expect them. So if you're going for the dollar you're going to lose motivation pretty quick. But if you're going for the higher passion or a bigger cause, it's easier to be patient and wait for those dollars to follow. You just kind of grow as you go type of thing, right? As you get the budget that comes in, you work with what you can do and just do the best you can. But just never give up. Just keep going. So on that note, Cindy, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. It's definitely an inspirational story. Oh, thank you so much. Your perspective and your energy is very positive. So thank you very much for your time here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So our final question that we always like to ask is, in spite of the challenges and the hurdles that you have to overcome as an entrepreneur, what is it that keeps you going every day? I think what keeps me going every day is knowing that what I'm doing is making a difference. And what keeps me going is my family, my friends. I have animals, love my animals. (laughs) And I love my students. I love my students. You create this bond and connection with them and the families. I have great rapport with all the families. And we're working together. And it's a purpose. And that's what keeps me going. Even as hard as it gets sometimes. And it gets hard. We don't all have good days. You know, myself or the students, right? But that's, I think, what does it. It's just that passion and that feeling of really being able to offer something that you think is worthwhile. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com. Thank you.